Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. Um, had a really busy week, actually. Um, been, been working on quite a few different projects that the ball is now well and truly rolling on, which I've, I've wanted the ball to roll on for quite a while. And now, um, yeah, there's a few things coming to fruition. So I've had um, a really busy week. So I'm recording this podcast a bit later than I usually would. Um, but it is a very exciting one. Um, Oh, yeah. I was also on uh, BBC Radio 5 Live the other day with Nihal Arthanayaka. Um, we had a really good discussion. It might be on the on BBC Sounds or something like that. You might be able to still get it. Um, we had a really good discussion on performers and creatives. Be, well, everyone really sort of being out of work and, and, and how they how you cope with that and how you sort of find your purpose while you're not doing the thing that you love or the thing that gives you meaning or, or, or purpose in your life. And I know we've, we've talked a fair bit on this podcast about how um, for performers and creatives, so much of our identity is, is wrapped up in what we do uh, as, as performers and it's our outlet and it's our um, way of expressing ourselves. Um, it, it's, it's, our, it's our way of sort of getting emotions out, whereas some people might turn to meditation and things like that for their little break from from what's going on in the world and, and that's how they sort of keep themselves together for a lot of performers it's going out and and performing because we we really get in touch with our emotions when we're doing that um and for a lot of introverts who that's their escape when they get to do that on on stage or or on tv or however they they perform uh, you know not having that outlet um is difficult and we had a really good discussion and there was a psychologist came on um, i'd like to talk more about that stuff actually um i might get that psychologist to come on the podcast um so yeah a really good discussion check that out on i think it should be available i'm sure on bbc sounds um, nihal arthur nayaka and yeah it was i had a lot of fun doing that and on that theme i've got a wicked guest this week um it's actually I never know how to how to uh, describe it. So <laughs> we've got Sophie Matthew on this week, right? And now Sophie is. Whenever I introduce her to anyone, I I, I always say she's my god sister because like her parents are like my godparents, and so I I. I never know. I'd say god sister, and people frown at me. So then I say, well, you know, she, or I'll say she's my cousin. But technically, she's not my cousin. Technically, we're not related. Um, but so it's always a bit of a mission to sort of introduce her to anyone. So that's why I'm struggling to know how to introduce her onto this show. But um, I've known so since the day she was born. And um, she is a West End lead. We've, we've had some good uh, West End leads on the show in the last few weeks. And she has been performing before all this madness. She was performing on the West End with one of the most popular shows in the history of shows, um, Mamma Mia. You're playing, you're playing Lisa. Well, she's already on the show now. You've already heard her voice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everything in between. It's my god sister, cousin. Uh... <laughs> West End lead Sophie Matthew. <laughs> yeah, it's always such a struggle, isn't it? We all struggle with trying to describe our relationships with each other. Yeah, so it's easier just to say my cousin, but obviously you're yeah. not my cousin. 
Um, so, but no one understands God's sister. Like, no, God's sister. Made up, really. <laughs> yeah, if you, say, if, you have, if you say God's sister, you have to sort of explain because, yeah. you know, God's mother and God's father and it's their daughter. And <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, and it's your first podcast, so. It is. It is. It's my first podcast, so bear with me. Um, but no, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be on here. I, I love your podcast and I love the people that you get on here. And obviously I'm your biggest fan. So yeah, it's lovely to be lovely to be on here. Well, you have to say that because you're family. We're not quite family. <laughs> 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 so before we get on to um, all that stuff that I was just talking about and, you know, coronavirus and what it's like for performers and blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll get onto that because I do want to talk about that because you're a really chilled person and I want to find out how and how you sort of keep yourself so together and positive. Or maybe you don't, you just pretend to, I don't know. We'll get onto all that. Pretending. <laughs> but first, um, let's, let's go right to the beginning of your career as a performer um because obviously you're you're a you're a triple threat you do everything um <laughs> you're laughing at that but you are like I saw you in Mamma Mia and you you were brilliant and um I saw what was the show I saw you in before that uh, was it Summer Holiday Summer Holiday yeah 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 with Ray Quinn yeah uh, yeah you you were the lead in in Summer Holiday on tour I came and saw you I think I feel like it was Wimbledon I came and saw you yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah it was I like um, that so you know the lead in national tours the lead on the west end um so right right at the beginning mm -hmm. how it, it's how did you get into it but also like why like what was your thing did, did you always like as a kid were you like i really want to get into acting singing dancing you know whatever was there one specifically or like what was the thing to get you into it. Well, interestingly, I, the main thing I used to do as a kid was dance. Mm -hmm. I danced a lot. Um, my sister and I, my sister's also an actor. We both danced quite a lot as kids. My mum has worked in the kind of TV industry. Um, and yeah, so, so pardon. My godmother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was kind of always aware of the industry. I was quite lucky in that way that I had an older sister and a mum who were in it. So I, saw bits of it so I kind of understood little little bits about the industry when I was younger but yeah I used to dance mainly um I was lucky to go to a school that had a good drama department as well and so I you know started doing a few school productions and then when I got a little bit older when I was doing my A-levels I started auditioning for drama schools and I'd watched my sister go through drama school so again I kind of knew mm. sort of what it was about um and yeah, I, I had this real point when I was doing my A-levels of like, do I go to uni and, you know, study something academic? Mm. Um, at one point I was going to go and do maths at uni. Oh. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would have ended up doing. Um, but but I, th I think I just, I knew I wanted to give the drama school thing a go because I knew I'd regret it if I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I auditioned for actually mainly like, dance um, colleges and then a few drama schools that mainly musical theatre courses um, but had kind of had this thought that I was gonna go down the more the dance route mm. um, 
And then I auditioned for a few, um, which, you know, obviously was a pretty terrifying, but, but fun um, experience. And ended up, the last audition I did was for Mountview, mm-hmm. uh, Mountview Theatre Arts. And I wasn't going to go because I wasn't a very confident singer. Um, I was like a reasonably confident dancer and I loved acting, but it was quite a big singing school. And I just was thinking like, there's just, there's no point. There's no point in this. I'm going to make a fool out of myself. I'm going to feel rubbish. But I went, my mum, thank God, forced me to go. And yeah, I ended up, I ended up getting in and that's where I ended up going, which for me was like the best thing that ever could have happened because it really pushed me. It really pushed me in singing. I was really out of my comfort zone. Um, and yeah, was was lucky enough then to do like three years of full-time full-time training there and why yeah I think I think I just always knew when I was younger as cliche as it sounds that I wanted to do some sort of performance Mm. so I think that's why I didn't really know where exactly that was going to be um I loved going to see shows as a kid Mm. like I'm from kind of just outside London so could could travel in we used to go like as a Christmas treat, go to the theatre and stuff. And I just, oh my God, I used to love it. I remember being a kid and going to see Cats when it was in town and I was sat on the aisle and <laughs> this is so cheesy, but they obviously, they come into the audience and I was a young kid and I remember the white cat coming and standing next to me and I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is literally the best thing I've ever seen. Like, this is incredible. So yeah, I don't know if it was that sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny how many people get influenced by cats. Someone else said it might have been Cassidy Johnson. Who was it? Who was it? That, or maybe it was ZZ. I was talking to someone and, and, and they were saying that like they, they were a kid and they were like sat there watching cats and a cat like came really? near them and they were like, oh my God, this is what I want to do forever. I want to do that. And, and it was the first show I saw as well. Really? When I was a little kid, like went down to London and it was it felt like a big trip to go and go and see cats. And I remember sat there and being like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> like just being in this whole different it's world. Cool. It's, huh? so, like, it's so visually amazing, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. as, a, as a kid, it's just like, oh my, it's mind blowing. Yeah. That's, that, that was going to be my next question. Like, was there a particular show or, or, or whatever? So Cats was the one that... I think probably, yeah. How old were you? I must have been about seven. Seven. Yeah. So, mm. so pretty young. Yeah. And so do you reckon that's why you, um, why your brain was more like heading towards dancing? Because cats... Yeah. I think so. And I, I think because it was what I was kind of used to doing, Mm. a bit more you know I did the kind of ballet tap jazz when I was younger um Mm. so I suppose I just kind of thought well that'll that I'll just keep doing that then um Mm. so yeah it was good it was good to go somewhere that then pushed me out of out of that a little bit yeah that's interesting actually so rather than rather than go somewhere that was like okay I'm dancing's my thing so I'm gonna go to like a dance place you actually went to somewhere that was going to be real focused on the thing that you consider to be your weakest thing yeah yeah massively and it was really it was a it was a very heavy acting course which mm-hmm. the more I did the more I just realized I just loved it I love that side of you know 
even musical theatre, like any performing in general, the acting really for me is where I've really found like a, a big, big passion. Um, Why do you reckon that is? Like, what, what do you love about acting? What is it for you? Oh, that's like, a hard, it's a hard question. Yeah, for example, like, is it, is it the escapism of playing different characters? Is it the, the spontaneity of listening to someone and, and reacting with them? Is it like, yeah. what, what? I love the, the spontaneity of reacting to someone else. I love like acting with, with someone mm -hmm. and bouncing off each other and having to, you know, stay on your toes. I think also for me, it's about like the emotion that I think I get very kind of attached to the emotions of it. And, tr and I like the challenge of being given a script and, you know, have, having to bring that to life, but in a way of like, okay, I need to now work out how to make myself into this and how to portray, you know, what this person has written or what I've been asked to do or been directed and like connect my own emotions to it. Mm. I think that's what it is. I think it's the emotions that really, mm. that, that really get me. Um, yeah. Mm. Do, do you, um, within the process of acting, do you try and think of things that have gone on in your life that you can connect to? Do you think like, is there a, like, cause like this character isn't me, but there is a time when I felt this or, you know, do you do, you do it like that or? Sort of, I suppose, like I've, I've never gone down the kind of method acting um, path. I don't know enough about it really. I think you probably, you know, it's fascinating, but I think you probably have to be quite careful, but there definitely is a thing of trying to like working out, okay, have I ever felt something that, might relate to what this character is feeling mm. um and if not I suppose it's like trying to have a level of empathy for mm. the character that you're playing and even if you haven't experienced anything near what they're experiencing ch the challenge of okay well I, I I have to make it believable that I am experiencing exactly what they are mm. um so the the empathy and the ability I suppose to be I think I think you do have to be in touch with your emotions and have the ability to to use that in some ways. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and, you, and you say that like at, at um, Mount View, it was it was quite acting heavy as well as uh, as well as the singing. So like, because I never went to a stage school, yeah, and I'm quite fascinated about like what goes on there. Like, what 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 would be the what happens? Do you put like do you put on a, a play, or for anyone thinking of going to a stage school or something like that, you know, who might who might be listening? Like, do you, is it grouped in like plays? Like, okay, for this term or whatever, we're doing this play or musical or or is it, like what happens? It kind of is, yeah. So obviously they're all slightly different, but my experience of it was um, you're split into you're split into like classes, maybe half half your year or half your course. Um, and usually like you do practical classes. So you have, you know, you have your dance classes, you'd have your singing, like group singing, individual singing, you'd have your acting, your movement, your voice, all of those sorts of things. So you'd spend kind of half the week doing that and then half the week doing a project of some sort. So like the first two terms of first year, 
those were purely acting based projects. Um, and I, th I think I'm trying to think now, I think it included like bits of Shakespeare, kind of contemporary plays, you know, a lot of stuff. And then eventually we kind of started incorporating the song and dance side of things. Mm -hmm. And then as you go through the years, you keep doing the practical stuff and you kind of build up on the performance stuff as well. And then in our third year, we just for the whole year did musicals and agents, you know, came yes. to watch and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I, I came to watch something, didn't I? It was like your- You came to our showcase. showcase. Our yeah. showcase, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I came to your showcase with your mom. Um, yeah, you did. That yeah. was at Phoenix Theatre. Yeah, that was the first time, I think the first time I've been on a West End stage and it was our showcase in front of like all the industry and the ages. Oh my God, I was bloody terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but you were great. And because at that yeah, point- I'm not I, sure about that. <laughs> yeah, you were. Because at that point, as much as I'd like known you forever, mm. like I, I'd never really seen you perform anything. I knew you were there and doing stuff, but I'd never really seen you do it. So I was so intrigued because like, because you were always like little soft to me, like you always like, like you were really quiet and just, you know, little Sophie, my god sister cousin person. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, and then you came out on the stage and I think there's a couple of bits that you were doing. I think you sang something like, um, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy or something like that. Was it yeah. that? Yeah, well yeah. remembered. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And, um, and 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 your mum was like focused in, <laughs> like watching you. You, you know, like you get you get to a point where you're watching something and it's really important to you. You want them to do well or something, and like your your head goes to one side and like <laughs> like in nervousness or whatever. Like <laughs> you are. It's stressful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you came yeah. out and you just looked like you're having a great time. And I was like, oh my God, look at Sophie. Like she's she's a star. She's gonna be, she's <laughs> gonna be doing it. She's gonna be leading West End one day. And and you were. Um and then what so, so agents come to that showcase, and then did you get an agent from Yeah, I did. I was yeah, really fortunate. I got an agent who I'm still with um and they they are brilliant um they've been they've been really good with me and you know it's daunting it's a really daunting time it's stressful it's it's terrifying to be honest and you're coming into this industry that's huge and there's so many people in it so um yeah luckily I had you know a, a really kind of patient but really on it agent who's who's always been very supportive and mm. And, you know, when I'm clueless about things, like, thank God I've got them to phone up. Mm, yeah. what, what sort of relationship do you have with them? Like, do you, do you, how often do you speak to your agent? I'm a nightmare to my agent. I love, I love my agent. He's like, he's lovely. And, um, and, I, and I find that he really sort of listens to me to what I want uh, rather than trying to, like, I've had agents in the past that are like, we're going to put you in this. And yeah. I'm like, but I don't want to do that. That's not the direction I want to go in. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be a great direction for you because X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. And I'm, and I'm going, oh, but I, I know I'll hate it. That's not the direction I want to go in my career. Um, and, and, and then I said, I said, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, but I think you should concentrate on that. And I'm like, like this, and then can't get in touch with them and, you know, whatever. Whereas with my agent now, I'm like, I feel like he 
properly listens to what I want and tries to facilitate it. But I call, like, I'm sure he's sick of me in terms of, like, I call him all the time with a list of stuff and like um, can we do this and can can i have a meeting with that person and this and, and how do we go about getting the ball rolling on that and, and he's like right i've got my list to get <laughs> like, how often do you do you pester them like that or i i go through phases of pestering and not i mean same thing like you know sometimes you're just like okay uh, please please can you get me in for this 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 and mm. he always says to me you know okay i already know but he's he's really good at um listening to me and if I do want to go in a certain direction you know he he's really he's really good like that but he also he's been working in the industry for years Mm. and so there have been times when he's kind of said to me no that's not that's not the right thing for you Mm. um and you know there's been there's been times when I've thought oh my god like that can't be the right decision and he's always proved me wrong. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's we've got a really nice relationship. I don't we don't speak every week. Um I mean I did speak to him yesterday, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah, lucky to have a very kind of wise and experienced guiding force there. Mm. And do you have like a, a specific plan or direction that you want to go in? Because I, I don't know, s- s- some people like this is my dream role. I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards that. But like, and, and I get, I often get asked, what's your dream role? Like in a, in whatever, what's, what's your thing that you want to do? But, and I always find it quite difficult to answer because for me, it's like, you know, you were saying, you were saying about acting and, and just working with different people and within different characters. Like I just, I like the idea of that journey, I think more than I want to play that person in that show. Um, but some people do. Some people are like, you know, my sister's very like, I want to be in that show playing that person. Like, are you, do you have like a specific plan about what you want to do or? I don't, to be honest. No, I think I'm probably more similar to you in, mm. I, I, I don't have, yeah, there's not specific shows or, you know, programs or anything that I want to be in. I, I'd like to just be challenged more acting wise I think I don't I don't have my heart set on staying in musical theatre the mm-hmm. more of my jobs have been in musical theatre mm-hmm. um, and I've loved them um, but I've also really loved the bits of screen that I've done and I'd love to be able to explore that more mm-hmm. um, explore that side of things I mean there is one thing I'd really like to be in and that's Harry Potter because um, oh, yeah. since I was a child and I think I just think that the play is sensational yeah. but no I think for me it's more about being challenged but I don't have a specific thing that I want to play mm. um, which I think has kind of worked in my favour because I've ended up doing jobs that I never thought I would do or didn't necessarily know much about Mm. Um, but they've ended up being, you know, like amazing jobs that I've learned so much from. Yeah. I think that's the excite that's the part of the excitement of being a performer is like you, yeah. you sort of you set off on one path and you just do things and make make things happen and say yes to a couple of things, and then suddenly you end up doing something that you never thought would be a thing. Yeah. But it becomes really exciting. And I think that's it for me, like just the idea of of playing completely different characters and and my my um 
Well, one of my things is that like, I, I hate the idea of um, being typecast. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I hate the idea that everyone thinks of me in a certain way. And I know that everyone definitely does with me because I've been on Strictly Come Dancing for seven years. And, you know, people see me like that. Like I, I, now everything in me wants to play like, I don't know, someone like a real baddie. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, like, like a dark, horrible character. Do you have that? Like, are, are you... you can't like just because, you know, if you've done more of one thing or if people kind of know you a bit more as one thing, there's literally no reason why you can't go and mm. at least try something different. Mm. You know, it's for yourself really, isn't it? Just it's, it's that thing of like, you want to be challenged to be pushed out of that comfort zone or just to be pushed out of what you're used to doing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely what you're saying about like the unknown. That's the exciting part, which sometimes is a difficult part in our industry. Um, yeah. Not knowing, you know, what on earth you're going to be doing in a few weeks, in a few months, next year, in five years, that can be a really like, oh God thing, can't it? That often people, people who aren't in our industry don't, they just think it's bizarre. Um, but it's it also can be very exciting. Mm. Um, well, well, let's talk about that. Let's, let's get onto that now then. Because mm. um, I think performers are quite, um, resilient in that way and that like we we know there's going to be periods of time when we're not going to be working you know you're between projects or you're auditioning for certain things like that's sort of the standard um but now more than ever i mean like now is no one's ever experienced this before yeah. and um so you we, we will rewind to getting towards mama mia again in a bit but like you were i i came to see you playing the lead role in the West End. Like, I mean, you were killing it. And, you know, me and me and Stacey came, and I think Graziano and Jada, yeah. they, they came along as well. It was a night out for us, and we all came to see you. And, and you were brilliant. And I was like, oh, my God, Sophie is, like, killing it as the lead on the West End. Um, and then this has happened. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, um, we, I think I did nearly 10 months in the show. And then, yeah, the, I mean, the whole of the West End was in the same position on that, on that dreaded Monday last March. And we all, we all went to work. Uh, and obviously we'd, you know, by that point, everyone, everyone knew about coronavirus and it was, everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we all, we all went to work and it got to warm up time for the show and they, they just basically called us all on stage and just said, you're, you're gonna have to go home. And obviously at that point, every, like the, across the West End, all the shows were in the same scenario. Mm. So it was, it was very strange. I mean, I think a lot of us naively thought we'll be back in a month or, you know, a couple of months tops. Um, so now that we're kind of nearing a year, it is, yeah, it's it's tough. It's definitely been hard on the whole industry. Mm. Um, it's yeah, been a very strange year, hasn't it? Mm. Mm. And, a lot of challenges. And how have you um, how have you been spending your time? What have you been doing during this last year? So I've been, I mean, <laughs> had a very strange kind of 
bizarre job change. Um, at first, in the in the first lockdown, I was doing some kind of online acting work, which was which was really cool. Um, and then once we got oh, into the you summer, were, you were teaching or you were taking? No, the I was I was being part of like a murder mystery group. Oh right, so yeah. It was, yeah, like playing different characters and stuff. And mm. then. Back in July, I got, um, I was chatting to actually one of our stage managers from Mamma Mia, who lives uh, down the road from me. And she had started working at a local brewery. Mm. And she just said, if I, I just said, you know, if you've got, if you've got any bits of work, I'd love to um, come and help out. And so I've been working there ever since. So mm. I am now a brewer, which is so bizarre. And if you'd said to me this time last year, you're going to know all about the method of brewing beer um I would have just laughed and said that's that sounds like ridiculous but yeah so I've been doing that which obviously couldn't be further from our industry but it's actually good fun and I work with some really nice people and it's quite challenging still and quite physical quite a physical job mm -hmm. so I think I've been lucky to have that because it's you know it's kept me it's I've got a routine still and I've got, I go in every day and I know kind of what my challenges are. So in a weird way, there are some parallels, mm. but it, yeah, it's, it's pretty different. And most of my mates have, have had to do the same thing. Most people, mm. you know, have, have been working. Some people are working in the supermarkets. Some people are working for the NHS, which is incredible. People I've got mates that have like become estate agents. It's everyone has just had to completely change their entire life. Because mm. you have to you have to keep earning a living as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the big thing that we've been talking about. There's that on one side, is is the financial side of it. Yeah. But on, on the other, how have like all, all these people that you know, like your, your friends and that who are working in the NHS and supermarkets and stuff and estate agents, and like how these people and you in terms of how you're feeling about it because the big conversation that we've been having is like how a lot of what we do like our identity is wrapped up in what we do as performers it's like you know like you know when you when you meet someone and you, you go like you someone introduces themselves and they'll say hi I'm Mary and I'm X is like I'm always interested in how people um sort of what's the word I'm looking for how people categorize themselves like you categorize by your role in your family like I'm Mary and I'm a mother to two kids you know yeah. that's the first thing she'd say or I'm Mary and I'm from Grimsby you know like <laughs> categorize themselves as like oh I'm the person from here or I think a lot of performers are like I'm an actor yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that's their identity. That that's um that's who Sophie is or that's who Kevin is, you know. Like how do you how do you feel about all that and, and your friends? Has it been difficult in in that way, just not being Sophie the actor? It has, it has been very difficult. And you know, for a lot of my mates that are in similar positions, I think everyone has found it a really like you feel quite lost in a way mm. because even though, like you said earlier, you know, you, as an actor, you're used to being out of work. You're used to having periods of time where you're out of work and you have to pick up other jobs. And that's mm. just part of, that's part of the game and you know it, but this time is so different because 
the, the, the industry is closed, you know, and, and so there aren't those other opportunities. There's a few things, mm. but for, for the number of people that are in our industry that have now found themselves without the work, um, you know, there's not as many opportunities as, as there, there really should be. Mm. So I think a lot of people, myself included, have, I have found it really hard to know, like sometimes you have these days where you're just like, what, what am I doing with my life? in a way and I, I don't know what to do with myself because I'm so used to putting so much of my energy and emotions and like you're used to putting your whole being into mm. these jobs it's mm. not something that you kind of well for some people actually it probably is but for me you know it's it's never really been a thing of like just go to work do my job and leave it's it it becomes you and the lifestyle as well you know it's a completely different lifestyle and the hours you work and you give up a lot to do it Mm. and you you know you work so hard for for all these years to you know various ways of training and you're learning in jobs all the time and so then when it's kind of ripped from you you are sort of left it feels like you're left with nothing and Mm. it's definitely it's been really, really hard um, for the whole industry. And God, I've got like so much admiration for, for the whole industry and how everyone's still, you know, we're still picking ourselves up. Mm. We keep going, you know, you, you keep, you work, keep working, keep creative. People, people have kept so creative in, in different ways. And I think, I suppose that's all we can do. But yeah, it feels like it's getting to a point where, you know, it's it's been a long time now. And I think, People are people are struggling a lot, mm. um, and it's sad. It's sad as well. Mm. Um, yeah, sorry to get all. No, no, but it's it's true. Like it must be like when when you hear stories of like boxers and stuff. Like like everything is just dedicated to the training of of their boxing, and then that everything's so laser focused on that one fight, and then it's on to the next, and to the, they win their world title or whatever, and then they retire. Yeah. And then it's like, it, it's not even a case of, oh, I miss boxing. It's like, who am I now? Mm-hmm. Because like their whole identity was, like, or, or everything they thought about was this. And I just think it's the same for performers. I'm sure it's the same in, in other industries. I'm sure some people are really passionate about their job. Mm-hmm. But some people are, you know, some people, it is a job and they, they go nine to five to their job and they either like their job or they don't mind their job or they hate their job but they get to the weekend and they don't think about their job. Yeah. That's just a thing that they do to bring money in, you know, mm-hmm. life for the family, whatever. And, and like, you're right. Everything that we do is like, even now during the pandemic, like there is not one day where I don't think about what I do in some way, yeah. no, you know, I- like in terms of performing or, you know, like what can I be doing next? Or, you know, it's, it's like, it's such a part of us. Like I, at the moment, I can't imagine the idea of, um, and this is nothing to do with like the job itself. It's just, it's to do with me. Like, I can't imagine if, if someone, if, if someone said to me, um, you're not going to be a performer from tomorrow, you're never going to perform again. Um, you're going to be an estate agent. That wouldn't, it wouldn't just be a case of, oh, but I really like performing that's that's really sad because I really like performing it would be like I would be so like who am I Mm. I don't even know who I am if I'm not 
a performer. Yeah, yeah. I think when you're used to dedicating your whole life to something, yeah, it's it's hard then to know who you are outside of it sometimes. Mm. Mm. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that, maybe we all need to kind of work out what we are, what we are outside of it. But I think mm. when you give so much to something and you're so invested and, you know, like when you're, you'll know when, when you're doing, you know, when you're in, a, when you're in a musical, for example, and you're doing eight shows a week, whether that's in town or on tour, it affects, you know, what you eat, how you sleep, mm-hmm. your exercise, like when you can see your friends, how much you need to, practice and like it, it is every aspect of your life is affected and you have to stay on it don't you because you have to be able to do those eight shows a week so mm-hmm. I think I think that's maybe why some people who aren't in the industry find it kind of a strange thing that that your whole life is so dramatically affected by one job mm. um, yeah, yeah. I, miss it. I miss it a lot I miss seeing people doing stuff like that's also just something that's so great about the industry is you you meet so many amazing people and you work with and your mates and stuff and it's so you feel so proud watching everyone and watching your mates succeeding and 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 it's so it's sad not to see that it you know it gives it gives you so much joy seeing that and and so knowing that everyone's just kind of people are struggling and people have been put in such different scenarios and you know I'm one of the lucky ones that I've got a job mm. um I've got a job that I enjoy and I've got great bosses at the moment even though it's you know something different to acting like some people I know don't don't even have that mm. um oh, yeah and I feel sorry for like the the kids that are coming through like the, the, that are just coming out of Mount View or, or mm. whatever like you know stage schools that have dedicated all this time to right now let's get an agent and go out into the world and audition and, and do things and, you know, get involved in projects and shows. And there's nothing there for them right now. And also not even just that there's nothing there right now. It's like, there's no guarantee. Once it all goes back to normal at some point, mm. our industry doesn't guarantee anything anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's not a case for a lot of people. It's not a case of, um, oh God, when can we just get back to normal and I can do a show again? It's like, when can I, when can we get back to normal and I can attempt to do a show again? Yeah, be able to audition for something. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, it's going to take, I mean, I admire like all graduates at the moment and all young people entering the industry, the resilience that, but you know, the resilience that they will build up mm. will be amazing and they will probably be very strong people because of it Mm. yeah yeah that's true and I think one of the best things you've said is like maybe in this time what we have to do is we have to figure out who we are without that it's and it's it's not to say that we don't want to do that we don't want that that's not to say that we don't want to be performers Mm. it's just also being knowing who we are and being okay when we're not doing it yeah yeah definitely which is a tricky thing isn't it because it's like I don't really know what what is that then if you if we are fortunate people that kind of turned our hobbies into a career which is a pretty Mm. cool thing to be able to say isn't it 
So then a lot of the time that means that you don't necessarily have like other hobbies that you actively do because you've built it into your job. Mm. So then it's, yeah, it's, it, I mean, a lot of people have been like yourself have been writing a lot and mm. creating other things, which I think is amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one. How do you, how do you tell yourself like, well, you've got to find something else when you've spent your whole life working towards that thing. Mm. Mm. Well, I think that's why like a lot of performers got so upset when there was kind of that thing of you should retrain. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, well, hang on a second. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say to someone who spent five years of their life training to be a dentist. Oh, just retrain because they've, they've got the skills and they've dedicated so much time and an effort towards it to getting to that place. So, mm. and yeah. Mm. Or, or even let's be honest, a government MP. Well, exactly. I mean, we're looking at all the, all the figures and all the times they've been late in making the decisions compared to everyone else in the world. And you look at the figures now and go, UK is sort of pretty much the worst in the world, there or thereabouts, in terms of, you know, cases and deaths, you know, per million. You know, do we, do, at what point do we turn around to government MPs and go, you retrain and yeah. we'll put someone else in charge? <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Completely agree. And I know a lot of people that, you know, throughout that whole thing said, okay, well, if you want us to retrain, you turn off, you know, you've put, stop me if you've talked about it already, but you turn off your Netflix and your radio and you stop listening to your music Mm -hmm. and your podcasts. Like this isn't just about people wanting to prance about on stage. Like you think it is. This is an entire industry of creatives Mm -hmm. that spans way further than just Mm -hmm. the people on stage. You know, this is this is so many people that do so many different jobs um, yeah. bring you all of your entertainment. Mm. So you, you can't expect people to just retrain. It's it's mm. it's ridiculous. Mm. Like this, this is this is my thing. And I'm, I'm like a broken record with this. So like probably people- <laughs> me too. I get very ranty about this. I'm like, for me art and storytelling is is at the crux of how we exist as humans yeah right so like i've i've told this story before on on the podcast so i'll do a short version of it but like i during lockdown sometime last year i watched uh the series uh i think it's on netflix um called pose okay i haven't seen i've heard some great things yeah, in, about the trans community um, in sort of 80s New York, um, you know, the sort of voguing ballrooms and stuff and, you know, the, the, the impact that AIDS was having on their community and, and, and all of that. Stace wanted to watch it. I didn't know whether it'd be my thing or not. I watched it with her and I was blown away by it. And my entire understanding and conversations that I was having about the trans community, for example, is, is now so much further sort of open and, and you know, just it, it's so much more interesting to me and, and the, my understanding of all of that that, that was encased in that um, series is so much 
bigger now and, and I have so much more sort of empathy for everything that they talk about um, because of that piece of art that was created by every single person that it takes, like you said, to put together a TV show. Um, and for me, that's what, that's what art is, th that's what it does. It's sort of, it, it's a constant exploration of what it is to be human and how we think about things. What is good and what is evil? You know, what is good and what is bad? What is right and what is wrong? And it, and it goes way back to like, um, you know, stories in the Bible and stuff, or, or even before that, you know, people just cavemen around a fire somehow communicating a story to each other, you know, like is, is an exploration of like, this happened. Okay. I'm, I'm identifying that that is a bad thing that happened there. Like, I don't like what happened there. Therefore I'm not going to behave like that, you know, for example, and it's a constant exploration of moving us forward and what we're about. And, and it's always been that way storytelling and some, some of it's fluffy, you know, some of it is just a fluffy rom-com or whatever. And some of it is dark drama. And, but it's all relevant. Yeah. And, and for the people that say it's, oh, it's just a, a load of people prancing about, you know, or whatever, you know, just retrain and, and do something else. It's like, if, if you're saying that you're happy for all of that to go away, and you're right, everything that's on, turn off Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, um, the, the TV shows and films on there, turn off movies, TV shows, yeah, books, plays, musicals, all of that art. And even then, the news. Yeah. You know, even the news, the production teams that it takes just to do the news every day. Yeah. yeah. Turn it all off and see how you feel. Yeah. Turn it and all like you off. say, see how, like, society, we learn these things. You know, you learn loads watching that. Like, there are so many things that can impact society and the way that we think. And it's really important for people to be able to tell their stories. Mm. And because it, it can, it can help society evolve and move forward and learn about you know different groups of people or different things that have happened or you know it's so important mm. so the idea to just dis disregard it mm. it, it it's, it's just yeah, blows my mind mm. even, even down to like the fluffiest musical you know like you can look at any musical and go oh we, we, there's something there that we immediately identify who's the good guy and who's the bad guy yeah because it's human behavior you know we immediately relate to that character mm. or, or we see something of ourselves in in them and then if they behave in a certain way we go oh i don't want to behave like that or i want to behave like that person you know you get influenced by mm. by characters i was so influenced by like when i watched strictly ballroom when i was a kid like I've, I've, I've spent most of my life trying to be Scott Hastings. Do you know what I mean? Not as a job, as a person. Like, <laughs> and now you will be. Well, yeah, <laughs> playing a version of. But like, you know, uh, I just, for me, it's so much more important than most people yeah. understand. And, and the escapism it gives people yeah. as well. You know, even something like Mamma Mia, like it can be seen as a pretty fluffy, you know, happy-go-lucky, high-energy show with, ABBA songs and it's you know a lot of sequins and bright colors and everyone's mm. singing and dancing along but it allows the, the reason that people love it so much is because it gives you two and a half hours of escapism mm. whatever has gone on in your day and whatever's going on in your life you get the ability to just be kind of transported somewhere else 
And if it's something like Mamma Mia, then it, you know, it's really upbeat and it, and it hopefully you'd leave feeling pretty good about yourself and, you know, mm. having had a dance and a sing and some great music and, mm. and even that in itself, like that can really change someone's day, can't it? Oh, absolutely. Like I'm, I wouldn't even necessarily say that like, I'm a huge ABBA fan or, you know, and you know, I'm not like mad about ABBA because, you know, for, for people who don't understand, they go, oh, well, I'm not into ABBA. Why would I want to see mum? I'm like, I'm not, you know, they're great, but I'm, I'm, I don't listen to them all the time at home. Yeah. But, but I've, I've seen Mamma Mia twice. I saw it on Broadway about 10 years ago and I've seen you do it in the West End. And both times I've come out of that show feeling on top of the world. Yeah. Like I've just come out of the show feeling, you know, it's just a feel good show. And, and, and at that point I just, and I'm going home singing ABBA, <laughs> you know, like going home on the tube singing ABBA all night. And it's like, but you do, you feel good and like, there's not many things that can bring loads of people together all in unison and have you all singing the same song yeah. and, and having an amazing time and enjoying yourself and feeling good. It's yeah. art and sport, you know, that yeah, can- Yeah, I completely agree. And it's the same thing. It's why people get so passionate about sport hmm. and why so hundreds and thousands of people turn up to watch it because it's something that you can all, you know, everyone gets on board and you're so involved in what's going on. And you become so passionate about it, don't you? Mm. Um, there's definitely a lot of similarities, I think. Yeah. 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 That's that's our rant. <laughs> that's our, our rant about how important art is. It's incredibly important. <laughs> uh, like I get, I get so much. When people just dismiss it, it's like it, it's. It, I, I just find it silly. I, I find it like you don't. You clearly haven't thought about this enough. Like you, you, you're not thinking this through if you're just dismissing any are as you know oh retrain you know you're lucky to be able to prance about like it's it's so much more than that and when you prepare for a character like you say like preparing for your character in Mamma Mia you're not approaching it going oh great I'm going to prance about for, for a couple of hours you're you're thinking very much about that character and what that character you know what their situation is how they react to certain situations how what the dynamics are between that one and that one so that you can tell a whole complete story like it's so it's so much so much more goes into it Definitely. but so then how do we if we haven't got that how do we go about our days i mean you, for one you said um the job that you're doing there are you identify some similarities in terms yeah. of the, the challenge of something that's a bit unknown and mm. you know, that kind of thing. So maybe in different work, we can sort of identify things, but like you're a very chilled person. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're laughing about that. Like, I, I've never seen you stressed out. And maybe there are times, maybe I just haven't seen it. And you know, maybe your family would, would say different. I don't know, but to me, you've always been a really like grounded, chilled person. Things don't <laughs> affect you in a huge way in terms of like emotion. You're not emotionally reactive, you know, compared to someone I like me, hmm. you know, like, like the, I'll have a sip of my coffee now and it's gone a bit cold. I'm like, oh my God, it's really <laughs> coffee. Ah, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> um, where, <laughs> You know, 
you, you, I don't know, you seem to me to be someone who, who has an ability to brush things off. Is that the case? Is it just an act? Or have you got any hacks of like, how do we go about our day or how do we think about things while we're going through this madness? I mean, for, okay. I, th- I mean, it's, I mean, everyone gets stressed, don't they? And, and it kind of manifests in different ways. I suppose I'd agree I'm not too much of a reactive person. Mm. I would tend to kind of go a bit quieter if anything, but I think, I think at the moment, particularly with stresses, I think it's important. What I'm trying to do and have been trying to do is, you know, do a day at a time or a week at a time, because if you think about the long-term things, that's when I get a bit stressed. Um, And that kind of thing that we talked about earlier of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? But I think at the moment, I think it's really important for people to worry about themselves in that moment and that day because even just getting through one day at a time is, you know, is a big achievement at the moment for, for people who are struggling in all different ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. You say I'm quite grounded. I'm pretty chuffed with that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, yeah. We're, we're, um, I mean, you're, how old are you now? I've just turned 26, actually. That's Although I, I'm... I'm toying with the idea of saying that I'm still 25 because I feel like everyone deserves to relive that last yeah, year. That year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 26. 26. Oh, God. So, oh God, that's depression. so you're 12 years younger than me. <sighs> really? I'm 38, yeah. So, so you're 12 years younger than me, but I remember a, a, a point where I was going through it a bit um, where I was struggling with a few things and and I was living at yours yeah and you know we chat chat about things and, and I was at that point I was sort of all over the place and you were very grounded and very um calm and yeah. it was good for me because like there was this calm presence like you and your mom and it was like okay I'm not living in madness at the moment and and you would always be very like oh okay well you know maybe maybe think about doing this or think about doing that and da, 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 da. and I don't know that's how I've, I've always found you I, I find like you're calm about everything yeah I mean I think it's it's always easier when you're not the one going through it, mm. it to kind of have that ability to look at things from the outside and work out okay what do we think is a kind of productive and like healthy way to go through things but I mean, there's definitely been points, there's definitely things I struggle with loads um, and have been points where I've really struggled. But I think what I try and do is I just really try and it's so much easier said than done, but just worry about the things that you can control Mm. because particularly, you know, like this last year, this is so out of our control, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And as much as we all want to be, you know, back working, like the fact of the matter is we're just not at the moment. And okay, so I can't control any of that. But what I can do is work out my day and control, you know, what am I going to do today? I can just set myself little targets, even if that's just finish an episode or something, you know, or it's go for a walk or go and do a workout or cook a nice meal for myself. Just those little things Mm -hmm. that still keep you going and for me it's really important to have routine um 
I find that that really helps me mentally. So, you know, whether that is going to work or whether that's getting up, having my breakfast, putting on a podcast and going for an hour's walk, Mm. things like that I find have really helped me through this. Mm. Um, It's hard though. I mean, everyone struggles with their own Mm. things, don't they? And like I say, I struggle loads with some things, but it's easy when you're not the person going through it you know, like the scenario you were just saying, it's easier, it's easier to remain calm if you're consoling someone. Mm. But that routine thing is, is, yeah, I totally agree with. I think it's really important. And because I think if you don't sort of set your day, Mm. if you don't plan your day, your day ends up planning you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You end up sort of floating about not knowing what to do and then something will happen that makes you react and then you're yeah. reacting to you know or you'll, you'll see something on the news about the pandemic and, and and suddenly you're you're so like oh god you know hancock said this and because because you're not invested in something that you've set yourself to do mm-hmm. and i think you're right even if it's as simple as like i'm gonna cook this or i'm gonna go for a walk or i'm gonna watch an episode of this like mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important i've found myself doing that more and more yeah, I think it's also really important not to kind of have like expectations at the moment that aren't necessarily achievable. I think it's easy to see what other people are doing and see, you know, other people are being really creative and they're doing this and they're doing that. And it's really easy to then go, oh, my God, what have I done? Oh, I've got to force myself to do something like yeah. some days you just you just can't and you don't fancy it. And I've definitely had points throughout this year where to be honest I've almost felt a bit like bitter about the industry because it's you know because of how it was torn from us and there's been days where I've thought like do you know what I can't be bothered I can't be bothered to try and be creative I'm just gonna do other stuff and I'm gonna chill out and then maybe next week I'll feel a little bit more Mm. you know I'll feel a little bit better about doing it and I think I've found that has helped me a little bit to take the pressure off myself. Yeah. Yeah. Of like achieving these great things and, you know, learn a new skill. Like I've got a guitar that I really, really should pick up (laughs) and play. Have I picked it up and played it once throughout this pandemic? Unfortunately, no, I will at some point. (laughs) There is you feel, you should pick this up. And I think anything you feel, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing this, it's like, actually, now is a good time to get in touch with what you want to do. Because I've found this as well, like this pressure of, oh, I've got to do that and I've got to do that and I've got to create the da 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 But then you figure out quite quickly what you actually want to do or enjoy yeah. doing when, when, you've got, when you've got time on your hands. And then it was, that's such a good point you said about like comparing to everyone else because also what everyone else puts out there like on social media what you see on instagram is their version of it and the best thing that they can put on there that looks great it's not always as great as it seems and and you know someone can say i've done this and i've done that and da, 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 da. and you can think oh my god why am i not doing that it's not necessarily that that thing that they've done is going anywhere it's just huh. they've put it out there um yeah. and, and good and good for them but like once you start yeah, you've said a few good things there. Once you start thinking about the future and things that you can't control, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. So you just worry yourself. Yeah. And also looking at everyone else, like it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. 
It only matters what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you can't be like comparing to everyone. I was talking to um, Russell Brand and I, I, we were talking about this point and I said, um, you know, there's this pressure to be productive because we've got this time. And, uh, and, and he went, why? And, and I said, well, you know, there's that, there's that story of like Shakespeare wrote four of his best works during a lockdown situation. Mm. And, and Russell just went, mate, don't start comparing yourself to William Shakespeare. Don't yeah. <laughs> 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 yourself, mate. <laughs> if you're taking that information and going, Shakespeare did this in, yeah. you know, in a lockdown situation, it's like, well, I'm not William Shakespeare, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, and, and once you put it like that, it's like, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to worry about trying to be Shakespeare during this pandemic. Yeah. Like, take that pressure off, actually. So you can be a little more creative once you take the pressure off. Yeah. Like, you're so right. Yeah. I think, I think just, you know, a, a very kind of bluntly getting through this pandemic will have been a big achievement for everyone. So if you've been able to do other things and learn other skills or create other things on top of that, that's a bonus. Mm. But like, really, I think at the moment, it's about protecting your mental health as much as you can, you know, your physical health and looking after yourself mm. is kind of top priority for everyone. And then, yeah, anything else incredible, like that's amazing. And there will be some really exciting things to have come out of this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, right. I think we need to take the pressure off ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And you're right. It's the day to day. It's like, yeah. what, what can I do today? When I was, when I was on five live, um, d- doing that show, talking about it, the psychologist that was on there, I, I hope, I hope I'm not doing an injustice by saying, I don't know what the exact term is, psychologist or psychotherapist, you know, like there's different titles. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway, um, she was, she was very clever and she said, um, a thing that was similar. She said, rather than looking too far ahead and all this big picture stuff and, and putting all this pressure on yourself, it, it's like, what can I do today that feeds my soul? Mm. So it wasn't even, it wasn't even like, what do I have to do today to produce some great art or to get ahead in my career or to achieve something? It was literally just, what can I do today that will feed my soul, that will make me feel good, that, I'll enjoy doing, you know, and, and actually if, if you, if you schedule those things in and go, okay, today I'm going to, um, like I, I, with, with me, it became like today, you know, I, I, I got a subscription to, um, masterclass mm. courses and stuff. And, and it was always a case of like, yeah, I'm going to do all them courses at some point, you know, like, like, and then <laughs> it doesn't quite end up happening and whatever. And then there was one day where I went, you know, there's this project that I really want to get off the the um, the ground, and you know, I want to write some things, but I'm not a writer. Maybe I'll just learn something today. And I went right. I wrote it down. I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to start that screenwriting course. And so the next day, I like, I did that because I thought I'm going to enjoy just learning. I'm no pressure on myself. I'm just going to learn this, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting really into it, and it did sort of feed my soul. And out of that, I started writing a few ideas, talking to a few people about those ideas, writing more and more. And now it's just grown and grown. But I think it's out of that thing of, yeah, what is going to feed my soul today? And it doesn't have to be like, right, I'm going to try and write the song that's going to make me millions. Like, don't put that pressure on it. 
just what, what's going to get me through today? Agreed. Being present, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I think something that, I mean, hopefully we, we can all take from it is also just appreciating what you do have. Mm. The people, I mean, it's, it's made me, you know, I really miss my friends at the moment and, and I miss, I miss my family and I miss my boyfriend, but it's made me realize like, Oh God, I'm so lucky to have that. And I'm so lucky to notice the, the difference. And I'm, I'm lucky to notice that I don't, that I can't see those people. It shows, you know, Oh, in normal life, I, I'm, I, I see them loads and I've got loads of amazing people and amazing things in my life. So I mean, it's easy to say that, isn't it? <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll just be so excited to get back to to some sort of normality that we'll forget all of this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, but it's gratitude, isn't it? And you read it so much, and you hear people saying practice gratitude. But it's one of them things that at first you don't take seriously, but actually, like there's science behind it. It's like you when you're feeling gratitude, you sort of can't be unhappy. Yeah. Constantly reminding yourself of the things that you do have is, uh, yeah, it's so important. So now that we've put the world to rights and um, you've come up with some awesome bits of advice, actually, in, in terms of dealing with our situation at the moment for everyone, not just performers, just, just how we go about it. Um, I want to rewind and ask you about um, your sort of journey towards performing in these musicals and performing on the West End, because I think there'll be some good practical advice here for people, because I'm really interested in, you actually worked in like casting shows, you, you worked for a casting director, right? Yeah, yeah, so I, I technically still do, obviously though things are a little bit quiet at the moment. Yeah, so when I left drama school, um, I landed a job for Debbie O'Brien Casting, which mm. to this day, oh my God, I don't know how I did it, but, um, I've been working for them for four and a half years now as a casting mm. assistant. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, that was, I learned so much from it because I've got to sit on the panel side mm. a lot, um, which obviously was fascinating, like mainly musicals that they cast some, some plays as well and a little bit of kind of film and TV. Mm. Um, but then they're wicked Debbie and Debbie and Harry Bloom now as well. Um, they've taught me a lot and they really helped me find my feet in the industry a bit. Mm. Um, and, it, and it helped me with auditions because, you know, auditioning is such a scary thing when you're, yeah, when you're an actor. Um, so it kind of, because I got used to being in an audition room and used to kind of interacting with panels and I, I read a lot with the auditionees and things like that. Um, I mean, I still get very nervous, don't get me wrong, but it, it gave me an insight into kind of what reasons for getting jobs and not getting jobs, almost like what we were talking about earlier, like that sometimes things are just out of your control and you can leave an audition thinking, you know, I, I nailed that mm. and not get recalled or not get the job. And, you know, it's really easy to go, Oh God, like I was, I must've been awful. Yeah. And sometimes there are just things that are completely out of your depth. Um, so yeah, I'm, but I, I love it. I love that. I love that job so much. It's and such an interesting part of the industry. Yeah. And did you, did you go into that, um, with that in mind, like wanting to do that because you wanted to learn or did it just sort of happen by accident? That it, it kind of happened by accident, to be honest. I, I was auditioning for them, um, for some, for a show and, um, 
I got like fairly far down the rounds for it and didn't end up getting the job. Um, but I think, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I think they just took a little bit of a liking for me and just thought, oh, well, you know, let's take her under our wing. And, mm. and yeah, so, I mean, I, I came out of this audition, didn't get a recall and Debbie came out and said, can I, can I just speak to you a second? And I thought, oh God, she's going to, you know, she's going to say to me, that was not good. You know, you, you, you need to, you need to sort yourself out. That was a terrible audition. And she just said, um, we're looking for a new assistant. Would, would you fancy being it? And I just stared at her like, you what? <laughs> I was like, what on earth? And yeah, called my agent and was like, so I didn't get the job, but I got a job. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a really cool, cool job to have. I've got to be mm. honest. Yeah, just, just the experience of seeing what everyone does in an audition and what sort of, what works, what comes across well and what doesn't, you know, what, how decisions are made and, like must have been invaluable. And I think um, I think there's a real good point in there for, for people that, like don't just think in terms of I want to get this one job and that and that's all I'm I'm doing. I think it's a case of like put yourself in situations where you can learn all the time. Because yeah. it's that learning that learning mindset rather than I'm gonna be this and you either want me or, or you don't. It's like just put yourself in situations where you can learn. Yeah. Like I I loved learning from you know, Jason Gilkison doing um, Burn the Floor and, and Strictly and stuff. I love watching their process and sticking around to see like how decisions are made and, and all that sort of stuff as well. And I asked, once I asked Matthew Bourne once if I could just like sort of became friends with him and I said, do you mind if I just come along and like watch a rehearsal? And, and, and he said, yeah, all right, yeah. And, and just went along and watched New Adventures do a rehearsal day just to see how it all works. You know, yeah. just, I think... That learning, that learning mindset is is so important like put yourself in situations where 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 you know you know is there any jobs doing this or you know can i can i can i do anything and just to, to just be around the situation all the time i think is is really good and that must have been invaluable to you like i, I almost wish i'd done it um like been in there because i hate auditions like, yeah I, I, um, they're never they're never easy are they it's 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 a very um soul bearing position to be in mm. but yeah I mean I'd say if anyone ever gets the chance to go and be a part of a kind of panel or you know a team of creatives in that way oh my god do it it just has taught me so much so much and and from that position then for people who are going to be going into auditions once we once we can yeah um what would be like any audition tips you can give to anyone? Like, like what, what doesn't work? You know, have you got any horror stories from auditions or, you know, um, what doesn't work, you know, avoid doing this or just try and do this or, you know, I think, I think it sounds really simple, but try and keep your cool because you can see, when people come in panicked and word vomit is such a big thing mm -hmm. <laughs> and people just come in and they'll tell you that their life story and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, like, Whoa. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's yeah. As obviously it's easier said than done. Okay. Try and keep cool. I think if you're, if you're going in for a musical, 
and you're taking songs always just take something that you're confident singing and this is I've had to learn this you know I've had an, I've had an audition for something and I thought oh god like I've got to sing the biggest song I possibly can sing right. and it's been a disaster right. so but you know and and really all all the panel want to see is the best version of yourself and well they want to see you doing your thing and if it's not if if you if the best version of you and what you're capable of doing doesn't fit what they're looking for then you know there's there's not a lot you can do about that but mm-hmm. if you're trying to predict what they want and mm-hmm. like end up doing something that is completely not you um you know it's probably not it's probably not going to work out that well mm-hmm. um i've had some terrible auditions oh my god i had the worst audition i probably shouldn't tell this story mm-hmm. and i was i think i was still in third year actually and i went in for this musical and I got to the audition and it was at Glass Hill Studios and they were doing Wicked auditions at the same time. So there were loads of people there for Wicked. Mm. And I was kind of sat there like, oh God. Um, you know, and I turned up and I had to take, I think my own songs and then they'd given me a bit of script. And I was sat there for ages and I could see the, the assistant coming out and kind of looking around and then going back in. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder what's going on. And eventually they came out and said, um, do we have Sophie Matthew? And I was like, yeah, that's me. And he looked at me and was like, oh, um, okay, do you want to come through? So obviously at that point I was already like, (laughs) and he said, oh, sorry, I just, I was expecting a much older lady. And I was like, what, what am I up for? (laughs) What on earth am I here for? And um, anyway, I went in and the director, um, I won't won't say who he is, but he he got up and he came and, and he said, he said hello and then he introduced me to the entire panel and sometimes you know these panels can be huge I think there were about eight people sat on this one and he went down and he started introducing me to everyone and we got to the end of the line and he said okay tell me all of their names and I was like oh my god what Hmm. and he was like repeat to me all of their names and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) And I just, I panicked because I was so stressed and nervous yeah. and I'd gone into that almost like blind panic and I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say a single name <laughs> and I did not get a recall for that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, the panic is, is a lot, isn't it? But you know, that's, that's a one-off story. Like most teams and creatives are so on your side mm. and I think you know, they really, really want you to do well. It's not about, I know that is, you know, a a separate story, but they want you to do your best. They're not looking to catch you out. Yeah. And also like you deserve to be there. You know, there's a reason you're in that room. There's a reason that you're there. They want to see you. So like Mm. believe in yourself and believe you have a right to be there. You've earned that. Mm. Um, Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. So that's that's awesome. Um, that's awesome because I've definitely I've I've definitely gone in and, and I'm nervous every time I do an audition. But like I, that thing of um, just just blurting out words, just saying things. I've definitely done that before. Like, that's sometimes that's lovely because you want to know the person. You know, you want to know who this the person is. Yeah. Um, and I really like it when people come in and have a chat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've had some people tell us some pretty weird details about their own life. <laughs> <laughs> but then, 
you got to a point where, um, you know, you got cast as the lead in Summer Holiday. Yeah. And then you got you got Mamma Mia. Um, what do you think? Is there anything in particular you think got you them roles in, in terms of the audition, or do you or you think it was just you were just right for the part, or like you think you'd improved at that point? Or I mean, I, I definitely improved. I'd been in for Mamma Mia actually a couple of times before and okay. never really got past the first couple of rounds. Hmm. Um, I think when I left, I did so I had a TV job not long after I graduated mm. um, and then didn't work for quite a while actually um, and then I got Our House which is the Madness musical and oh, I was with Sarah um, which was amazing oh god I loved that job it's such a good show the script is so good and I definitely learned a lot from that job mm. a lot a lot about a lot of acting it really pushed me acting wise I had to sing solo eight shows a week, which was terrifying for me going into it. Um, and yeah, I think I I think it took me a, quite a long time, but just a little bit of confidence of like, okay, like I can I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think then yeah, when I did summer holiday, I think again that just again I was pushed out of my comfort zone in different ways. Um, but I think I kind of worked up for me. It's just always been a confidence thing really um and being able to like believe when you go into into an audition room like yeah okay I, I could do this like maybe maybe I could actually rather than that thing of like oh god I'm never gonna get it yeah um, yeah yeah so but I mean who who knows whether I'll still be able to, <laughs> to well you absolutely yeah. will you absolutely will and who knows? Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll, I, we, I don't know what the situation is with Mamma Mia, but ho ho or any shows, to be honest, but hopefully we'll see you in that again. Hopefully. Um, yeah, really exciting, um, really exciting projects. So fortunate to be able to like do some acting during COVID just before Christmas. Hmm. It was part of a, a short film, okay. uh, a short film I've ever done called Blinkers and um it's about like two, I won't say too much, but it's the story of two girls, uh, two best mates who, their, their journey on a particular night and how they end up in very, very different places. Um, and I think it's uh, written and directed by uh, Sophia Capasso. And I think she really wants to kind of incorporate a lot of current things as well. So that's a really like interesting, exciting thing to be a part of. But yeah, who knows? outside of that what what this year will bring but I think it will be exciting hopefully for for a lot of people and for the industry hopefully there'll be some pretty like groundbreaking things that might come out of it mm, hopefully even if it even if it takes a while and feels like it's far away I think there could be a lot to look forward to yeah oh good there's some hope <laughs> hopefully <laughs> that's what I tell myself every day <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> after all of our ranting and despair there's some hope at the end of it, <laughs> light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and it's all going to be fine. And all be good. Sophie, you'll be back on the West End stage and you'll be on screen and then you'll be winning Oscars and then <laughs> the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks so much for 
coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. Yeah, and there's been loads of advice for everyone, I think, and lo- loads of good, lots of good stuff to take away. Not not just for performers, but for for everyone that's going through this at the moment. Um, if anyone wants to follow Sophie on the social, yeah. Oh gosh, what's what's my social media? I think yeah, both my Twitter and my Instagram. Oh god, I'm, you can tell I'm really good at this. Um, I think both my Instagram and my Twitter are Sophie L Matthew. Sophie L Matthew. Yeah. My. I hope that's them. Stroke cousin. Stroke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Sophie L Matthew on Twitter and Instagram. And also, we're going to do some Clubhouse stuff, right? Oh, yeah. You need to teach me about Clubhouse. I think I joined a chat the other day and didn't realize. And I'm worried that I was like going about my day. Um, so I'm really hoping I couldn't be heard, but yeah, you need to teach me a lot about that. <laughs> well, I think everyone's just figuring it out at the moment. For those who don't know what Clubhouse is yet, it's um, the new social media app. It's going to be the next big thing, apparently, and it's all audio. So we're all in like club Clubhouse rooms, listening to people who are hosting these rooms. So we could do like, it's a bit like this podcast, but it's all live and, um, you know, certain profiles that are in there have the stage in the room and then you can put your hand up if you want to say a point or ask a question or whatever and they can bring you up onto the stage and it's like a big discussion room and you don't post anything you can't comment on anything it's all live audio um so we've been saying haven't we that we're gonna try and maybe start a room for performers sort of actors singers and dancers and and talk about all this stuff definitely we'll get that going um so thank you Thank you so much for coming on the show and hopefully everyone's going to go and follow you now and then everyone's going to see you on the stage soon and on the screen soon when it's all back again. Hopefully, hopefully soon. But thank you so, so much, Kev. It's been an absolute ball. Nice one, Soph.